Yeah, praise the Lord. So great to be with you. God is amazing. I want to celebrate with you today in every way. All those of you that are here in person, and yeah, you guys are awesome. And man, I tell you what, you've been rocking the house for quite a while now, and I love it. Because when we started uh, this, this service, it was at Easter after the whole COVID thing and all that. We went down to one service, and then we started a second service at East, on Easter Sunday. And, you know, when you first start a service, there's a few people, and it's like quiet. And everybody's, because you're scattered, and you're like, Everybody can hear me, so everybody's kind of quiet, you know, and stuff, and it takes a while to feel comfortable in the environment and to grow, and you guys doing awesome, and man, the worship's been phenomenal with you guys. Thank you. I love it. God's so good. Today, we celebrate on this very day. Seven years ago, we had our grand opening here on this campus. Uh, yeah, it's a crazy how time goes. It really is. So phenomenal that God allowed us to move here to come from over on Broadway where we were at and uh, to just be able to be in this facility, uh, just praising him for all that he's done and all that he's doing. Super excited about that. I, I want to share with you something that took place in my life many years ago, and God uh, challenged me with it today. We're singing a couple things here today about, you know, slaying the giants, and I'm David, and so it's in me to kill giants, all right? And so... All my life, God has had me face giants just like you, and when he does, it's the same old trifecta that we continue to bring up, surrender, trust, and obey. So you look at the giant, and it's intimidating, and God's saying, do you surrender to me, and do you trust me to go and slay that thing? If you do, step out in obedience, and God will always make the giant fall. He always does. So here's a history lesson for you to know me. In my high school years, I, um, um, yeah, I had a big mouth in a group, but one-on-one, -on -one, if you were looking at me, I would like shrink down and die inside, and that I didn't exist. So one of the things that we were required at uh, Cherry Hill High School in Inkster, Michigan, uh, that's where I went, it's no longer school now, um, they required a speech class to graduate. And so you had to give speeches in front of your classmates. I don't know idea how many people were in the room, maybe 20 to 25, like looked like a thousand to me. Uh, as we were called to do these speeches, we were given topics and purposes of our speech to do. And uh, the introduction to the class was, uh, you can miss two speeches. This was the last semester of my senior year that I took that class. And I missed the first two speeches because I was not gonna talk in front of anybody. Isn't God awesome how he does stuff, you know? Here I am. So I missed those two speeches and then died within myself because I hated school that much that I would even stand in front of people and talk so I could get out. <laughs> so this guy had created within himself a who I was. I'll just say it this way. See, growing up, in the church and with my parents and being who I was and where I was as a preacher's kid and uh, um, a legalistic holiness church and a, you know, kind of strange looking in an environment of people. And as a kid, I had grown up blaming God. I blamed my parents. I blamed the church. I blamed everyone around me uh, for what was wrong inside of me. And I hated everyone and everything because I hated myself. But it was because I was creating who I was responding to how I perceived the world and everyone around me. So as I perceived how you viewed me, I became what I became based on how I thought you saw me, which was that I did not exist and I did not matter. And therefore, I withdrew within myself. And in that process of withdrawing in myself, I became what in the world sense would be an introvert, but to an extreme and the only way that I would break out of my introvertedness was with the influence of drugs or alcohol. And then I would scream out from within myself in many ways and actions. But it was not who I was. When I came to Jesus, and uh, <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's so amazing that when you respond to his call and you come to him, that he takes you where, where you are, just how you are, as messed up as you are, and he loves you, and he's like, that's not who I made you. 
that's not who you are. And I want to do something new in your life. And God began to do new things in my life from that day forward. And he's still doing it because I know this. You don't know this. I know this. That in certain environments and certain places, when I'm around people I don't know, I can disappear real fast. It's very comfortable for me to not exist in a place where I don't know people. So I'm just like a loud mouth with all you all because I know you, most of you. And it's easy for me to be me right here in front of you. But it's not that easy. And then, you know, I do love King David. I do. Everything but one part of his life I love. And I love his heart for God. And, you know, he danced before the Lord. And his wife and her uh, upbringing as a princess, literally, thought that the elite should live elite and look a pure elite. And when he danced before the Lord, she was like, oh, you look so stupid today. That's my translation, and that's what she said. And he said, you haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I'll be even more stupid than that for the God that I serve. You know, God's awesome, isn't he? He's so great. So here we are singing in the first service there, uh, you know, slaying the giants and watching them fall and surrendering and doing this thing. And Spirit of God's like moving on me and I'm worshiping him and I feel him so close and I'm like loving every second of it. And uh, something inside of me said, you should go up front. And I was like, uh, God, you know, I don't want to be involved in this worship thing and I don't want to be distracted so I'm like, I don't want to distract anybody else. And then I also don't want anybody over there that's crazy. Not about you guys. It was the other service. Anybody over there that's like crazy and been raised a little out there in the church to like see me do this and have a license to go nutty. Seriously, that's all up here. And I'm singing to God what's going on, by the way. And I'm worshiping and all that's happening. It's all happening. And I'm like, you know, I'm sure that's not you, so we'll sing another verse. Let's do it, you know, and we're singing and praising God, and it's like that thing keeps stirring inside of me. And it's like, Lord, you know, I, I, I can't dance, and I don't want to dance up there because that would be scary. And, <laughs> and if anybody moved, they might move out, not forward. If I go up there and dance before you, God, it's not going to look okay. You know, he, he's so awesome. I didn't dance, by the way, so don't start opening up first service videos. You know? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. I'm sitting there singing that song like this, and God's like, is that what it feels like to you? I set you free, man. This is God talking to me. He's like, I set you free. He's like, yes, Lord. So I just walk forward right over here. From right over there where I always sit, I'm just like, y'all, I have my seat too. <laughs> I walked right up here. And as I was praising the Lord like this, I mean, I thought I did good because I walked from there to here and everybody could see me and I knew they were all looking. <laughs> So I was like this, and I'm telling you right now, I'm, I want you to know this, and I did not tell them in the first service that when I had my hands up, I, <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit like holding my hands up. Like, <laughs> this is what freedom looks like. It's freedom is obedience. <sighs> and I was like, this is okay. Now how am I going to go back to my seat now? because <laughs> then I got to turn and everybody's there so I can look at my shoes real easy and walk back to my seat that'd be great nope you're not gonna walk to your seat you're gonna walk to the other side so I'm like I know people think I'm crazy right now God but I know you're telling me to do this and I'm like I'm not sure what's gonna happen behind me and honestly I'm telling you right now honestly I wanted to look behind me and say like 
is anybody doing anything? Am I doing this for a reason? Are we going to start a chain around the church or something? You know, like all these things are going on in my head because I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's going on or what you're doing, but I got over here and did this and nobody was doing anything. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. As I was worshiping, though, and then I went back, I talked to him about it in that service. This last service, I was like, yeah, God told me to do that. So I'm not explaining myself to you all. There's a reason that God asked me to do that and now explain it. Because you see, like, as God peels us away from who we are to who he died to make us, Eric used the words at the beginning of the service that I heard but did not hear. Peel it away. He said it in his prayer, right? Peel that layer away. And so God was like, this isn't about you at all, Dave. I don't care if you can dance or not. Didn't I ask you to dance? I just asked you to be obedient. And that obedience required something that I say all the time to all of us. Surrender, trust, and obey. Yeah, I know you've heard it a bunch of times. And obviously we need to hear it again. Because we're not surrendered, trusting, and obedient in every area of our life yet. And I'm like, God, you know, this is so not who I am. And you know I don't dance. So thank you for not making me dance. That's a good thing. You know, I mean, yeah, anyway, we'll leave that alone. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just, you know, Lord. <laughs> but God's asking us for something, church. He's asking us to not just, like, function, do, but he wants us to be. He wants us to be with him and follow him. So I told them in that service that I'm telling you in this service. I was already talking to God, like, are you going to make me do that in the second service? Because if you do, it's going to look really weird. <laughs> and it's going to look like to anybody that was in the first service, it's just, oh, that's what he's doing today. So I'm talking to the Lord like, you know, yes, I will do it if you say so. Okay, I will. I'm done. I'm surrender. I'm all in. It's good. I'll walk if you want me to walk. I didn't say I'd dance, but I would if he said so. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I'm going to say you're welcome. Uh, but anyway, so I'm like, all right, Lord, you know, whatever you have in the service, I don't care what people think or what conclusions they draw. I'm going to do whatever you say. And so in the very first song, when we talked about slaying giants, God was like, go to that altar. <laughs> so I did. And that was way easier for me than walking in front of everybody. Today, as we read God's word, I want you to know that God is really trying to make us uncomfortable for our own good. He is. He wants us uncomfortable because self is a not a good thing. And Jesus died to change us from who we were to who he wants us to become. And therefore, there's a lot inside of me that still needs to die and surrender and be what he wants me to be. I know that God did not create me in my mother's womb as an introvert. I know that. I created myself as one. And because of what I created myself to be, I have those tendencies and those escape patterns in me where I can disappear if I feel the need to. And God does never want me to disappear especially in myself. He's not saying, hey, Dave, make a show of yourself, a spectacle of yourself. No. He's like, no, as a matter of fact, get rid of yourself. Because, see, when I would come out of myself under the influence of whatever, I would make a spectacle of myself, and I had no problem doing it. Because the true me was not introverted, but somewhat extroverted. I'm not a complete extrovert, but I had that in me. So when I had this false spirit of stuff on me, I could become an extrovert, but it wasn't a good one. <laughs> not at all. As we go into this and we look at what God's saying to us today, this 
amazing word that he has for us. Let's do it. Luke chapter 6. But to you who are willing to listen, I say. But to you who are willing to listen, I say. This is Jesus talking. All right? So I know everybody in this room and everybody online is hearing something. There's noise going on. That doesn't mean you're listening at all. I've been where you are. I can hear noise and not hear a thing. Not even know what's being said to me. And so Jesus said, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, Love your enemies. Well, if you were listening in that moment, and you are now, love your enemies is a statement that just kind of slaps you in the face. That's not normal. That's not normal talk. That's not normal response. That's not human. And so he's saying, are you listening? Because I'm about to say something to you that is not human. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Church, please hear me. He didn't say, try and be nice to the people that didn't shake your hand today. Try and be kind to someone who posted something you disagree with on social media. Listen to what he said. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. <laughs> what good thing have you done for someone that hates you this week? I mean, this is what Jesus is telling us to do, right? Okay, so the conviction's setting in, I know. I hope. Bless those who curse you. Is that what you do when you're driving in traffic and someone gives you the salute? In the name of Jesus, I bless you. I'm just saying, like, this is the words of our Savior right here. He said, bless those who curse you pray for those who hurt you. Everybody in this room has been hurt by somebody. We all have. I, I'm just wondering, when's the last time you prayed for them? Not like, oh God, rain fire down on them. You know. Oh God, have mercy. Heal their heart. Heal that brokenness that's inside of them. Seriously. Church, I mean, this is this is Jesus talking. This isn't like CFF mantra stuff. Are you listening? This is the word of God. And Jesus said, hey, uh, if you're willing to listen, I'm saying something. And I'm saying something that's going to come at you pretty hard and it's going to smack you upside your head. Okay. If someone slaps you in one cheek, speaking of being slapped upside your head, offer the other cheek also. So if the Holy Spirit's whacking you right now, just say, do it again. Yeah, do it again, Lord, I need it. I'm not awake yet. Slap me upside my head. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when, they, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Oh my goodness, this flies so much into the face of our flesh, doesn't it? It is just like, uh-uh, that's mine. Don't touch that. I have this amazing custom chopper that was given to me for the ministry here. You know, it was a gift from God. And I was so excited to share it with y'all. Somebody gave me this bike to like share Jesus with people because that's what we do, right? So I had this, I brought it to church that Sunday. I put it right here in front of the church. And I, I wanted everybody to see how amazing God is, right? But I put little signs on it, do not touch. <laughs> uh, and you shouldn't touch people's motorcycles in case you don't know the etiquette. All right, well, I'm just saying. So like, here it was, a gift from God. And I'm like, you can look at it from a distance, but don't you dare put your fingers on it, right? You know what I mean? It's like that guardedness. And God's like, hey, drop the guard, man. Stop doing it your way. Look what I do. Look who I am. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. So we have that screwed up in our culture and in our flesh, and we like do things to others like they do to us. That's the way we interpret that. But if we read it slower, 
and listen to what he says, do to others as you would like them to do to you, that's a whole different perspective. I'm going to treat you the way I want you to treat me. That doesn't mean you will. It doesn't mean you are. Still going to do it. Okay. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. He's saying it again. Did you hear that? This is the second time because he knows us. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. Isn't that awesome? That is such a cool thing right there. We are children of the Most High. You're God's kids. We carry His name with us. He's like, if you're carrying His name, you need to live like His kids. Church. Is conviction setting in yet? I'm just curious. Is anything happening? <laughs> For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. That's who God is. Aren't you glad? I am so grateful that God is kind and compassionate to the wicked, for I was wicked. <laughs> and he was so kind and compassionate and merciful to tolerate me and to put up with me until I finally came to my senses to recognize my need of him. <laughs> you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. These are all the words of Jesus. He says, if you're a, a child of the Most High God, if you're one of his kids, this is the way you live. So as we read that scripture, church, I know that this is probably one of the most challenging, real, in-your-face, gospel, life application scriptures you'll ever read. It is. Because you see, where Jesus goes always is right to the core of the issue because everything that he deals with here is self. My rights, who I am, where I belong, how I need to be treated, how I need to be respected, how I need to have my needs met. It's all about me. And so Jesus goes right to that core and says, it's not about you. It's about you surrendering you, trusting me, and being obedient to what I say. And I know we've been saying those words, and we're going to keep saying them. Because God's calling us to that whole application of full obedience to what he's saying to us and in our life today. So as we look at this living the faith challenge from Jesus Christ and the practical application of what he's saying is Jesus puts this in such real context for you and I and what this should be for us. I want us to understand, God wants us to understand. Being saved has been Man, I got to say this the right way so you don't, don't be, a, I do a lot of things that offend people at first, but if you'll stay with me, you won't be offended, okay? It's not just like the church is overemphasized. Now, does that, see my mic even went out. I heard that. <laughs> the church has overemphasized salvation to the point, and this is the point, so don't miss this, that we focus so much on that that a lot of people think that all they have to do is get saved and then God gives them their free bus ticket to heaven and they just go on their way. But see, the fact of the matter is the salvation that Jesus bought for us with his life is demanding of us a life, not a moment, not an emotional experience, but a life that he has called us into. Therefore, salvation is the beginning, the being born into a new life that we now are going to begin a journey with God of the surrender of myself to become what he has died to make me. Church, it's not just a free pass. You don't just slip it in your pocket and wave it every once in a while. I'm going to heaven, thank you, Jesus. It's not what it's about. Your life is to be changed, transformed and made new in the power of God only by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit within us. And that is the fullness of the salvation that Jesus died to give us. 
Please don't miss that. Now, I already know that some people, like, they're like, well, that's your interpretation. No, it's God's word. Did you hear what he was just saying to us? If you're not living that truth, you don't got it, and we will see it way more clear than that in a few minutes from God's word, not from Dave, not from CFF's little theology dogma stuff. We're talking about the Savior himself, whom we will face on judgment day when he speaks specifically to you and I about living the truth. Children of the Most High. So like when the Lord put these verses in my heart for the message today, um, I, you know, I'm like looking at them and I'm like, oh God, you know, this is like such a convicting section of scriptures and it's like so easy to preach in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so much there that comes into our face. It's pretty easy to be like, hey, hey, check this out. Come to the altar and everybody should be moving. And, and, and I walk around a lot and you probably don't know that, but I do. And I'm walking around talking to God and listening. That's exactly what he talked to me about. The opening statement. But to you who are willing to listen, I say. He said, that's what this is all about, Dave. That's what this message is all about. That's what everything's all about. <laughs> but to you who are willing to listen, I say. And uh, in that, I want you to know that there's a lot of people that aren't willing to listen. They hear stuff. We'll even say amen to stuff. That sounds good in the moment. But he's saying to those who are willing to listen, I say. See, church, actually hearing what Jesus says requires It requires application. Living. Those are other words I'm trying to use besides obedience, right? So we're not saying the same thing. It's obedience. Come on. That's what he's telling us. He's talking to us and saying, if you're not living the truth of what I proclaim to you, what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying over and over again, if you're not acting on that, something's wrong. Okay? So Jesus puts forward this challenge to us. He's saying, are you listening to what I'm saying? Because if you are children of the Most High, see, everybody that was listening to him thought they were children of the Most High, by the way. He was speaking to the Jew. And that was their proclamation. We're God's kids. So he's challenging everything inside of them. If you are truly children of the Most High, by the way, everybody in the room here, you know, we're at church because we're Christian, right? <laughs> we're God's kids. So if you are God's kids, you are children of the Most High. That is an honor and a privilege, and we should celebrate that. But we should also be living like it. And this is what he's talking to us about and challenging us. The contrast of the sinner's life, self, and all that stuff. He's saying, this is a complete opposite life that I'm calling you into. Not who you were, not about you. And he puts it in such simple language that we can't deny what he's saying to us. You can't, like you don't need a commentary. Or you don't have to Google search anything when you read what he just said to us. He's like, if you're my kids, you're going to live like this. You're going to do these things. You're not going to do those things. Anybody not understand that scripture I read to us? I mean, it's right there, man. It's pretty straight up. So he's like, you're going to listen and you're going to do. You're going to take action. You're going to be obedient. You're going to live a different way. Same thing I've been preaching. God's been speaking, I should say. It's not my preaching. It's like people say like, you know, you just keep saying the same thing over and over in a different way. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you're right. Uh, you know, God wants that message to be altered a little bit he's just waiting on us but we won't go there to you are willing to listen i say so here it is when john receives the revelation the book of revelation this is john the beloved john the one who was right there with jesus saying who's the one that's going to betray you at the last supper he's right there laying next to jesus it's this john who stood at the bottom of the cross with the mother of Jesus, Mary, next to him, and John and Jesus said, take her and make her your mother now. <laughs> it's that John. 
it's this John that of all the apostles in history as it's recorded did not die a martyr's death but instead was exiled to the Isle of Patmos England populated Australia by taking all their prisoners and just dump them on the shore that's where Australia if you don't know your history because I know sometimes they don't teach that stuff in school anymore but that's how Australia became what it is England just dumped their unwanted over there on the shores and they became a nation so this is what happens John the apostle like we gotta get rid of him we just pick him up take him over here and drop him off on the island of Patmos like be gone and so there he is on Sunday the first day of the week and the spirit of God comes and the Lord gives him a vision and it's the book of Revelation. So cool, isn't it? So when you read that book of Revelation and you open up that first chapter, it's like Jesus reintroduces himself to John. Because see, Jesus is in a different type of, of uh, context of who he is here. He wasn't the earthly Jesus that John walked with. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is God. And he is there, and John's seeing him, and he's like introducing himself in a sense, like, this is me. And he says, I got a message for you to share. And he begins with the church. Please, church, don't miss this. The very message of Revelation was brought to the church. And so in the context of what Jesus gives him the message of, there's the seven churches of the, the province of Asia, the, I mean the area of Asia Minor, and these are like cities, not just a specific like CFF. He said, hey, don't write CFF. He's like, write the church of Tucson. So it's everybody that's meeting in the name of Jesus everywhere. So when he's writing to these seven churches, we're covering a vast amount of people everywhere. And so Jesus says, I want you to write them a message. And I want them to know it's from me. Church, a lot of times we go to church and we think a pastor's just preaching a message. And we just hear it, think that's good or that's good, or we just leave that. Listen, Jesus said, I want you to give them a message from me. Anyone willing to listen, I say, you ready? Here's what he opened to all seven churches. So if you think I repeat myself, he said the same thing to all seven churches. The first two words to every message is the same. I know, K-N-O-W. Just stop and let that sink in for a minute. Jesus is talking to the church. First thing is, I know nothing's hidden. You can act like all you want to be, whatever you think you are. I know. John, I want you to write this to him. I know. Church, there's nothing hidden from his sight. There's no such thing as secret. There's nothing going on in your life that God does not know about. He says, I know. Church, I know. He knows all about us. He knows every conversation we had this week. He knows who we talked about, who we backstabbed. He knew when we defended ourselves for self-righteous reasons. He says, I know. I know. He's been on every site that you visited on your computers, your phones, and everything else. He's like, I know. He doesn't care if you put in some kind of a fake ID on your stuff or not. He's like, I know. Church, are you listening? He's like, I know. There is nothing hidden from his sight. And he wanted the church to understand that. We are completely transparent before him. So then, as he delivers the message with that incredible opening line, I know, here's what I know. And then he brings a conclusion in, and his conclusion is the same to all seven churches. Same thing. Anyone with ears to hear? Hey, everybody, you got some ears to hear? Are you listening right now? He says, anyone that has ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Plural. He's like, I'm talking to you, church. I know. And I'm telling you something that you need to hear. I'm saying it because you don't understand that I know. I know. 
and the Spirit is speaking. And the Spirit speaks to exactly what we need to hear. But we have to hear. And hearing, listening, requires action. So he is calling action to the church. And the messages that he brings, five of the churches he called to repentance. Five of the seven. Now we're not talking about five good churches, five you know, bad churches out of it. No, remember, this is like the region. And he called the whole region of churches to repent. Five of them. Five of the seven. I, I read that, I'm thinking right now, I'm like, oh God, you know, how many of us churches this Sunday morning need to hit the altar for repentance because you know all about us and you know what we're doing and why we're doing it and what is happening in our lives. How many of us need to repent today? She's like, I know, and I'm calling you to action. So he's telling us if you listen and hear what I'm saying, I'm calling the church for action. And the first action I'm calling for is repentance where repentance is needed. Thank God not everybody had to repent. <laughs> I'm glad. Two churches were still doing it. That's great. But church, first action, response to him, knowing what the Spirit's saying was repentance. So we find again in the message from Jesus himself, the same one that he spoke physically to the people that were there, and he was speaking to the leaders and the people who called themselves God's kids. Now he's saying the same thing to the church who call themselves God's kids. Those that have received salvation and are living for the faith and all that. We hear them saying the same thing. Will you hear? Will you listen? Will you apply? Will you act? Will you move? Will you be obedient? The exact same thing. Okay, so let's go on. Jesus in his earthly ministry is talking and he's preaching, he's talking and he's teaching people and he's like, the same kind of message again, over and over again. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Did you hear what Jesus just said? Anyone who listens to my teaching and... Thank you. Action, obedience, right? Like stepping into what he's saying to us is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Hey, church, stuff's coming our way. The only way we're going to stand is when we're right there on him, living it, doing what he says. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, uh-oh, Jesus used it, not me. Obedience? Did you hear that? I'm, I'm just making sure we're all on the same page here. Listen to what he said. Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Listens to my teaching and follows it. Okay, so here's what he's saying. Surrender to what you just heard, trust me in it, and obey what you're supposed to be doing. That's Jesus talking. Different words, same message, same context. This is what he says to us over and over again. Matthew, reading again in the uh, 21st chapter. But what do you think about this? I like that. Jesus is like inviting into a conversation of something. I'm going to tell you a story. Here it is. A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. I was that older son on the first verse and the second verse, like, nah, you know, you're not really asking me to do that. That's not in my person. Somebody else can do it. If you want somebody to do it, they can, you know, I'm just kidding, but it's the truth. Here he is. But later he changed his mind and he went anyway. Yes, Lord, I'll be obedient. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. So I want you to say amen and all that stuff in church. I do. I want you to get vocal and stuff. I'm, I like that stuff, right? But this is what he's saying. This is the amen corner that does nothing. They just say amen. Good truth, man. So be it. Yeah. Preacher, brother, man, they need to hear this. <laughs> amen. Give it to them. 
when they're not doing a thing. That's what he said. This is the kid. So remember now, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders here. He's talking to the church people. He's saying this to them, and he's like, so which of the two obeyed his father? He's asking them now, come on, respond to me. He's like, hey, which of the two? Oh, well, they replied, the first. Then Jesus explained the meaning. I'll tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. <laughs> All right, you want something in your face? There it is. Jesus is like, you want to know something? You're the talker. And you're not going to heaven. Now we're, we're looking at people that were teaching God's kids God's word here. That's who he is addressing. Tax collectors and prostitutes are going to heaven and you're not. Now that flew in the face of everything that they were. Everything they believed because they saw themselves as righteous and the people that he talked about, tax collectors and prostitutes, they're the low of the lows. They're the scum of life. They would not even associate or talk to that kind of a person. And Jesus is like, they're going to heaven, you're not. Okay, but it's not saying that it's okay to be a tax collector or a prostitute. That's not what he's saying at all. Listen to what he says. He continues there. Listen to what he's telling them. He says, I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did. Isn't that awesome? Who heard the message? The broken. <laughs> They heard it. They heard the message that there is a better life available for you. And they heard it. And they did something about it. They came forward and they repented and they were baptized and their lives changed. That's why he's called John the Baptist. He's preaching that repentance. And they did it. And they were coming in droves. And here's the religious guys watching all that happening. And this is who Jesus is talking to. Listen to what he goes on to say. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. See, Jesus is going right into the face of the self-righteous and saying, you know, you needed to repent. You needed to surrender. And you wouldn't do it. And not only would you not do it, you wouldn't embrace what God was doing right before your eyes. God was moving. God was changing lives. And you sat in your self-righteousness and did not move nor embrace what God was doing. Therefore, you're not going to heaven. Church, this is what Jesus said, you know. You're not going to make it. Why? Because they did not act upon what they heard that God was saying. Whew. Help us, Jesus, man. They took no action whatsoever. They were just like, hmm, don't think so. He's weird. He looks funny. These people are dirt. I'm not moving. This is not God. Ah. <sighs> So instead, they took a posture of condemning and judging rather than repenting. So James has some amazing stuff for us, right? Guys, I want you to know we have a, a warriors, we call it warriors men's group that meets here physically on the property on Tuesday nights, and then we have a Zoom meeting for those that can't do an uh, in-person thing on Wednesday night. And this Wednesday, we're starting the book of James. You can find all that stuff out on our website or the app that you've already downloaded. Uh, all that information is available for you to join any of that. And guys, you should be one of those groups if, you know, if you're not involved in another group. You know, I'm not trying to take you away from anything. Just you should be involved in some way, something, so God can do something to you. So we're starting in the book of James. So I'm going to help you out, guys. But guys, uh, this isn't just for you. Ladies, I want you to know this is for you too. Right here in what God says. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. <laughs> Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Look at that conversation Jesus was having with those religious guys. This, like this, I love God's word. Again, it's so plain and simple and in your face, right? Here it is. He's just saying, like, you know, you're, you're not kidding anybody but you. 
God already knows, remember? I know! Listen to it. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. So, you know, um, I'm 59 years old, uh, and I feel like I'm 18 inside. And that's because God made us eternal. And so the inner self, this person, Dave Dahlberg, that stands before you is an eternal soul. And so the person who is within this shell is eternal, and therefore he feels youthful, life, everything like inside of me. So as I go through life, let's just put it in the real context of because I feel 18 inside, I look at the mountain and I'm like, I'm going to climb that mountain over there because I can do anything. When you're 18, you think you can do anything you want to and there's no consequences for it. You just do it. So, you know, in yourself, when you feel like you're 18, like climbing that mountain. And so you start your journey. And three days later, the search and rescue team is trying to find you <laughs> because you can tell yourself anything you want to. But reality is still reality no matter what you think you are. And so he's telling us, you know, like you can just like look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I'm old, and walk away and say, oh, I'm young. The mirror knows the truth. You're ignoring the truth. <laughs> you're living in a delusion. So as I was sharing that in the other service, and I was like, man, you know, as you get older, you're uh, close-up vision begins to fade. You'll know because like people start wearing readers that didn't wear glasses before or you know like my father-in-law he used to <laughs> he had a, a magnifying glass next to his chair because he didn't want to wear those things right so he just slipped that magnifying glass over and he'd be doing this you know <laughs> I can see fine you know <laughs> like anyway so what happens you know then here's this Ben Franklin guy he comes and screws us all up and makes bifocals or something that you can see up close and now when you put them on and it's all clear and you're like, oh, I'm not 18. I'm not even 25. I'm not 30 anymore. Ooh, I don't like those things because see, when you put those on and you see clearly, it's like you are clearly not what you think you are. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I don't like Ben Franklin very much because you know, the truth of the matter is we don't really want to see ourselves for what we are. We'd rather have that remain a little bit fuzzy because then I can live in the delusion of how I perceive myself rather than the reality of who I am. And today, God's calling us to this reality, saying, hey, 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 wait a minute. Let's put that mirror back up. It's like, oh, I didn't even know that was there. I think I'll wear a hat today. <laughs> and sunglasses, and thank God we have to wear masks. You know? <laughs> No, seriously, church, see what he's talking about right here in his word. Listen to what he's saying to us. He said, you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, you see what he's telling us? He's like, but if you will look deeper into the word, if you'll allow that truth to expose you and you see what's truly there, what God is actually saying, it's like, oh, Lord, you know, um, oh, he says that's what sets you free. See that, like, truth will set you free. Oh, Jesus did say that, didn't he? And here it is in the word again as we're looking in James, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Man, if God says climb that mountain, you're going to climb that mountain, and he will take you there. Okay, so church, right now, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing all of this for today. He's, he's bringing us to this moment right now when the Holy Spirit is holding that mirror up to our soul and he's been using little check marks all through the message for anyone that's willing to listen. He has been saying, I'm talking about this. And the mirror is right there and it cannot deny what the Holy Spirit's saying to you right now, church. Listen it's right in your face. Because <laughs> he's faithful. And you can sit there with me and see like, you know, well, 
I don't know if that's me or him. It's him. <laughs> All right? It's God. It's the Holy Spirit that's saying, that's what I'm talking about. I see that blemish. You need to confess, repent, and let me do something in your life because he wants to set us free from ourselves. He does, church. And so let's surrender now. Right now. Stand with me. What is it that the Holy Spirit is saying to you? What is it God is asking you to be obedient about? He's saying, you need to repent. You need to come. You need to give me. Whatever he's saying, do it. Whatever it is. If the Spirit of God's calling you to an altar, then get to an altar. Come on. Why are we going to do anything else? <laughs> Kneel where you are. Stand where. I don't care. Be obedient. The mirror is in your face right now. The Holy Spirit is faithful, man. And he's saying, do you hear what I'm saying? Man, this is between you and God. He knows. He knows. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for the conviction that you bring to us where it is needed in our life that we might surrender ourselves and not try and climb mountains that you've not called us to climb. Lord, help us not to live a delusional spiritual life wrapped up in self but to be completely surrendered to you and obedient to what you're saying to us right here, right now, this very day. God, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for the freedom that you came to bring to us and we embrace it today, God. Fully, we embrace your freedom. You're amazing, God. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he amazing? God is so, so good. Thank you so much for being here today. Those of you online, those of you in person, thank you. Thank you. God is so good, man. Serve him faithfully. Be his church, would you? Live that truth. Live what he died to give to you in your life every day. God bless you. You are dismissed. If you need to pray, come and pray. Don't leave. If you're good to go, then get out of here and go in the power of God. God bless you today.